Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is it. Time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. You're listening to the Fight Night podcast with me, Gareth A. Davis. With me this week in the studio, Spencer Oliver. But joining us for the first hour, Too Sharp. Denzel Bentley, the British middleweight champion, who was challenged, of course, for the world title just last year and who is in action on April the 15th at the Copper Box Arena. He joined us to talk about his life, his love of boxing, his love of football, his job at Sainsbury's and his degree, all those things going on at the same time. What a fascinating hour we had with Denzel Bentley. Bentley with a chance, he's struggling here. And the referee's going to stop it. Well, he was able to get the punches going, Denzel Bentley, and when he started to find the target, there was nothing that Sam Evans could do. You don't really get no days off. We're in the gym all year round. We don't do camps. Like, I want to be active. I want to be fighting. We push on a little bit further. Next fight after that, come through, go winning, push on a little bit further again until we get you know, to where we want to be. You fought uh, Yannibek. Uh, Alim Kanuli, yeah. uh, with 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 great honour and grace in Las Vegas last November uh, for the WBO middleweight title. First of all, talk to us about that. Look back on it. Where are you now? We know you're fighting at the Copper Box very soon. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But look back on that that world title attempt that came suddenly. You were ready. Yeah. You went for it. Yeah. And uh, you, you lost on points. But what did you learn? Um, I, I learned quite a bit by myself. You know, I learned that I'm at that level because. All my career, I've, I've actually wanted to know what's it like being at that level, do you know what I mean? And I, and I finally got there. I didn't get to conquer that level, but I got to compete very well at that level when I showed, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good there. Yeah, you proved that you belong there, actually, against Yenabek. That was that was a fight that you went under there, went over there as a huge underdog. Didn't yeah. know if you could compete, compete at that level. Yeah. You know, you've had, like, the Felix Cash loss when you go back to, like, 2020, 21, was it? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go back there and you look at, how you've improved, like you know, sometimes a loss can do do a fight of the world of good, and you seem to have went back to drawing board, and you yeah. you improved. You got a few wins, and you you got a world title shot, and a, a fight is going into the unknown, really, because people were like, I don't know if Denzel can compete at this level. Yeah. You know, this guy is like he's got a massive reputation, and you went out there. I've got to say, mate, you pushed it and you grinded it, and like yeah. in the twelfth round, you were still having it standing yeah. there, trading blow for blow. 
I was impressed with that. I did like your stock rose for me from from that loss. If I'm totally honest, you pr proved that you're better than British level. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. And that that was the aim, really. Well, the aim was to win it. Yeah. In fact. But I've always believed in myself. Anyone that speaks to me, they get the same thing out of me. I believe I can be a world champion, and I actually believe that was my moment. I don't go in the ring of any fear. I'm not worried about who I'm fighting. I don't try to pick and choose fights and swerve here and there. I'm, I'm going straight in it head on. So mm. that's the type of guy I am. So going into that fight, I'd watch. I watched Yannick Beck, and I thought. I can beat this guy. Mm. You know what I mean? I just started off a bit too slow. I wanted to get a gauge of what he was like, his power, little tricks he does. I just took too long to kind of, you know, realise it and then, you know, pick up the pace. But you started believing in yourself a little too late. It was like you'd yeah, gone yeah, in yeah. there and then you're thinking, right, let me see what this kid's like. And then you started growing in confidence. And in the end, like I said, 12th round, I yeah. was watching it today and I'm like, yeah, he's chucking it, he's having it. <laughs> you know, and it yeah. was like, yeah, your stock rose massively. I think like, in many ways, you did come out a victor in that fight because of you proved that you you was a level much better than people give you credit for. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that until you know I got back home and yeah. you know saw all the feedback from everyone. So I was like, okay, you know what, not too bad. But I, I, obviously, of course, as soon as the thing was announced, I thought scorecards are a bit wide. They didn't really give me credit for the work I was doing. And like you said, the confidence grew a bit late. Mm. But in the first four, I'm thinking. You're not hitting me, so haha, ha, do you know what I mean? But it's like, I'm not hitting you neither. You're just closing the ring, sure. making me look like I'm running away. But yeah, we, you know, the fight ended how it ended. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think going into that fight, he had eight knockouts from his 12 wins, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then, you know, obviously, you showed just how tough you are. 16, 12, 16, 12, 18, 18, 10. 118, yeah. 110 was very unfair, I thought, yeah, on the that. scoring. Um, 16, 12 indicates eight rounds to four. It looked a little bit closer than that, to be fair. But. Since you've come back, what are you taking? Apart from, I know I'm at that level, what are you planning strategically in your mind? Where have you gone to in yourself to think about how you get there again, other than just winning fights to get there? Yeah, just, you know, no stone left unturned, just same same kind of mentality, fear no man, and, you know, just make sure when you're going into the ring, I'm the dominant one. It's it's me that's that, that people have to worry about, not me trying to figure out you know who who's who's across the ring from me, and oh, let me see what they got. You got to worry about what I what what I've mm. got. I'm yeah. I'm the guy now. I'm stepping in the ring, and it's like worry about me. So I'm just trying to train my mindset, inspiring and inspiring. I'm going in there, and I'm and I'm trying to just I'm working on certain things. I'm working on little things. I'm 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 realizing little tricks that Yannabek was doing as I'm thinking back and watching it, and I'm trying it in the ring, and I'm like, okay, this works, or maybe this don't. I'm not trying to be him, but there was things he was doing that was working that you know I could probably take and add to my game. So. Why not? You're 28, Denzel. Yeah. You've only been boxing as a pro, what, six years? Uh, Five. It'd be six years this October. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about your life. You know, what 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 were you doing before you came to boxing? What what was going on in your life? What brought uh, you to boxing? What, I love that smile on your face. You've got a big smile on your face. It's a big story yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, big I'm story coming it. up. You know, um... I was playing football and I stopped playing football at 16. I thought I was too old because I hadn't joined an academy team at that time. Crazy. I don't know why. Where? But Where? I was just playing Saturday League football. I was, had a few trial games with, with a few teams like Lane Orient, um, South End, and I didn't get picked by none of them. So I thought, all right, let's, let's forget it. Then obviously. But you at 16, loved your football, did you? Yeah, I did. I did. I actually did. I actually did. But I just thought at 16, I was getting old and I don't know why I felt like <laughs> that. I don't, I, it's crazy to me. But um, yeah, I just got a job. I was working at St. Reeves. I was there for like five years. And then while I was at Sainsbury's is when I started boxing. I was at university as well, to be honest. But then I felt like I was doing too much. I'm doing uni. I'm at Sainsbury's. I'm trying to box. 
I was trying to juggle too much. So were I, you studying at uni? In I was this studying time? sports science. Okay. Yeah, sports science. But then I, I, I asked my um, lecturer, "Oh, what, what can I do with this? Like, what's the job um, opportunities after?" And when they told me, I was like, "Yeah, I don't want to be none of them." So I just, <laughs> I dropped out of uni, carried on working weekends because I didn't want it to take time away from boxing. So working weekends, boxing Monday to Friday, and then yeah, just carried on from there and then turned professional eventually, and I'm here today. I mean. Yeah, you know, a lot of people that turn professional, they start at a very young age, they're dedicated from a very young age, they're not yeah. sort of dipping their toe in and out of it. I mean, really, you've still got a lot of development to come. And I think that you look you look at your career and, you know, sort of how you've gone through your career and you go back to, like, 2020 with a draw with Mark Heffron yeah. and then, like, losing to Felix Cash and then, like, you know, your development, you had a few wins after that before boxing for the world title and the improvements are there all the time. You know, some fighters you look at and you go, they're sort of like the complete article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you seem to be still very much on the on the improving side of things, which... Is a good thing for you. Yeah, no, most definitely. I'm always willing to learn. I'm always in the gym and I'm I'm watching other fighters sparring and I'm just trying to always trying to steal moves from people, always listening to what my coaches are saying. And I'm always watching boxing, watching legend like old school fighters, fighters from back in the day. And I started late, so I had to make sure that I was gonna be hundred percent on it if I was gonna do it. I had seventeen amateur fights, my first fight at nineteen, turned mm. professional at twenty two. Wow. So you could see I had to really step on it and be like you know what let me just soak up everything I can rather than try and dibble dabble in it when so uh, I'm thinking Curtis Woodhouse here you know Curtis yeah, yeah, yeah obviously yeah. he was the first million pound footballer Birmingham City was it Birmingham okay, yeah. I think he played Birmingham City he got, he got a million quid to go there and he took up boxing and he wanted to become a British champion or a world yeah. champion were you always having fights on the football pitch or not it's funny because I, if my team got into any sort of madness it was always me stepping up so I think one time I won manager's player of, of the year because it's always me just like always backing my teammates like, nah, you're not you're not talking to me like that. Are you like, midfield like, with an engine yeah, up and down, yeah, up and down, that's up, exactly non-stop? Yeah, 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 20, yeah. Goals, 20 goals a season at Lampard. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, so, nice. So, so do you think that there was an aspect of you even growing up where, like you said, even when you were a little kid, obviously the football came first. You, you know, you started playing football. Was there a sense in you that boxing... Combat sports was there for you or not? No, never. I not never really I did even it, a sense of I it. didn't even watch boxing. No. Wow. No, I didn't watch boxing. I just, oh. I think the first fight I ever watched was with my uncle. It was um, David Hay and Klitschko. Oh, right. And I wasn't yeah. really interested in it. I 2012, like, oh, I think that was. Yeah, somewhere. it might have been, yeah. Are you yeah. Mayweather fan? 100%. I can see it. That's <laughs> why I said it. You love yeah. the old shoulder roll and yeah, all that. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. looking back at a lot of your fights today. Actually, yeah. I was going through the ball and okay. I'm saying, yeah, I can see that. You study boxing. You're a student of the game yeah, because yeah, you can yeah. tell that in your style, the way you like you're rolling your shoulder, getting yourself out. You done it against Senebeck actually yeah, a few yeah, times, yeah. and that got you out of a lot of trouble. You've sort of like <laughs> starting to master it. You know, when yeah. you look back at your early days and see, that's what I say. I'm looking at like the sort of like the technical side of things and how you're developing. And mate, honestly, yeah, you're improving all the time. It's good stuff. Yeah, so, so you're watching brilliant stuff from Spencer. He, he has. He's been talking about you um, since we got in the office tonight. But the the the, the thing is, you, you watch that fight early on, you don't really take an interest in boxing. You see David Hay against Klitschko, the night that David's toe and Klitschko leaning on him. It was a terrible night in Munich. Mm. It, was ra- it was raining. Or, it, was, it was Munich. Uh, yeah. No, it, it was, was just no, Hamburg, Hamburg. Hamburg, yeah, Hamburg. It was. It, it rained was, all night. Yeah. Terrible night mm. being there. Yeah. And, um, and obviously it was a weird fight. But, but potted then through the next few years... Did you find yourself watching any boxing at all? Yeah. When look, did it actually start? When did it click? How did you get in the gym? 
So at 15, my brother, he entrepreneur type vibes. So like he was, he went out to um to Nine Olds Market, bought a set of gloves and and a headset. And we all just used to stick it on and fight each other in the estate. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no. So we'd go to one block, we'd pop the block. Just outside, there. yeah. Yeah, just outside. We'd find the block, pop the door, go in there. Everyone's crowded around, have a fight. Yeah, 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 sick, sick. Then we go to the park or whatever. So we're doing that for a while. Then when I got to college, I met a friend that boxed. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can box because I've been doing a little bit of with my brother in the outside and stuff. So he took me to the gym. Um, we went, went down to Fisher, ABC. And I remember I got battered by someone that was like 30 kilos lighter than me. Mm. And I thought to myself, nah, there's no way. Like, I'm just thinking his size. I'm like, nah, he's so small. Like, how do you beat me up? And he's sticking out <laughs> like, his tongue at me in, in, in the ring. I'm saying, cool, I need to come back and make sure I get you back. Didn't end up sparring him again, but I just made sure I kept going back. Mm. I wanted to get better. And got addicted to wanting to know the skills. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. such a familiar story, though, isn't it? With people that go on and become really good boxers, they go in the, they go into the gym yeah. and they get beaten up by a little small fella. It yeah. happens all the time, though, doesn't it? You get put in. It's like trainers go right. Well, yeah, we'll put him. We'll see if this kid yeah, can fight. Yeah, so exactly. They don't, yeah. don't want to waste their time, do they? Yeah. They go like, let's see if this kid comes back, and they do it. They do it down Finchley all the time. Go stick him in with a little fella that can really fight. And the big fella gets in there and thinks, yeah, I'm going to have this little fella. Gets bashed up, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that, that yeah. determines though, Gareth, whether yeah. they want to come. Because yeah. like, when you're going to be a fighter, it happened to me when I was when when I started when I was young. You got bashed up, and you go right. I'm going to have him. But a lot of people, 99 percent of people, go nah, not for me. Don't yeah. fancy this. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. that little yeah, geezer just beat me up. But but yeah, it was for you. Yeah, definitely, yeah. it was for me. It was for me. 100%. I remember when I came out of the ring, uh, the coach at the time, um, Steve Hauser, was just smiling like, let's see if you come back, boy. And I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> they kept Brilliant. him out of your way after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going looking for him again, and the referee's looking and it's finished it. He's stopped it. He's stopped it in the second minute of the opening round. And Denzel Bentley underlines the reputation that he's starting to form with another first round stoppage. I, I want to compete at world level, friends world level, and um, at the moment, you know, Denzel don't turn in any fight, so I'm a contender now, do you know what I mean? I'm looking forward at world level guys, friends world level guys, any fight that gets me back to a, a world title fight. You fought for the WBO middleweight title, um, world middleweight title against Yanibek Alimkanuli last November in Las Vegas. It was at the Pearl and the Palms. It's a brilliant venue, isn't it? Beautiful venue. Yeah, I saw the family out there with you and it was a yeah. really, God, we were so behind you, so wanted you to win. Your stock rose. Um, you've got a middleweight fight coming up yep. um, at the Copper Box on the 15th of April on the undercard of Joe Joyce and Gili Zhang. We've also got some... Uh, Michaela Meyer and Christina Linardi to that nice world. We're speaking to uh, Michaela Meyer later on in the show. How do you? You've got your British title on the line there, haven't you? You didn't. Did you relinquish it when you fought? No, no, I, no. I, I didn't have to. You didn't yeah, have to. No, didn't so, have to. Um, how di how difficult is it then coming back for a fight with a Kieran Smith after having got yourself up for that? Um, it's it's not difficult at all, you know. If I'm being honest with you, I'm I'm a guy that that I'd rather be active. I'd rather be very active, and the fact that I'm still fighting in the championship fight, I get to the fight, um, I get to defend my belt, sorry, and the last time before I get to keep it, that's motivation in itself. So it's like, why not? Why not keep that belt? You know, we all go on about how it's, you know, the best, the the, the best looking belt in boxing, but three defenses is quite long but I get the chance to keep it so why not oh yeah that's that's a big yeah. big trophy in the cabinet so can one. I ask you about the middleweight division in general yeah and and also about the the Eubank Smith fight we just saw and it looks yeah. like they're going to rematch um Jamal Charlo Gennady Golovkin 
and Yannibek. I think I think the IBF is vacant at the moment. Yeah, Golovkin just vacated. He just vacated, ago. didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. a few days or, or a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, Liam Smith, Jaime Munguia, um, as I say, Chris Eubank Jr. There's a lot of fights out there that you could potentially have as Most well. Most definitely, and that's the crazy thing. Imagine saying Golovkin and Jamal Charlo are potential fights for me. Like, coming up, I'm watching Golovkin 20 win knockout streak and all of these things and Jamal Charlo as, when as you're a, in your like, first middle. couple of fights yeah 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 yeah. and I'm thinking I hope he's oh, yeah. gone by the time I'm there but we're here now do you know what I mean mm. I'm here and that's a potential fight and then you've got Jamal Charlo coming up from light middle with these crazy knockouts when you knocked out um, J-Rock Williams and I'm looking at these guys and I'm, 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 I'm a fan of these guys and then all of a sudden my name's in that bracket I could potentially fight them I can get caught up at any moment but just based off my last performance with, with Janibet so how difficult you just boxed for the world title put up a credible performance now you have to go box back that uh, back down at your British title sort of level Kieran yeah. Smith is a guy that's he's only lost one fight you know he's a decent yeah. tall southpaw six foot two um Potential banana skin, really, you know. And but how difficult is it to get yourself motivated back down at this level, or is it not difficult at all? No, it's not difficult at all. Like you said, potential, potential banana skin. I'm fighting. I'm fighting a, a good opponent coming off a loss. I'm not coming here fighting a six, eight rounder, just trying to keep busy and get my confidence back. It's, it's a real fight. Do you know what I mean? He's gonna come and try and change his life with this. You're fight a target for a, him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I can't allow him to be successful off my back. I wish him sure. all the success in the world, but not off of my back. It's like I mean? potential... Well, it's like a world title fight for him, isn't it? Because yeah. it puts him right back up there. Like I say, he lost to Troy Williamson yeah. in six rounds, but that's the only fight that he's actually lost. And he was doing well in that fight as yeah, well. He's yeah. now 18 wins, one loss. So he sees this as a huge opportunity as well. So for someone like yourself who's been at that top level, now it's about keeping your eye back on the game, isn't it? To get back up there and... I mean, what's the roadmap for you? Do you yeah. see yourself boxing for a world title again soon? Do you want to clear up the British level? What? Where do you see yourself? I, I would, I would like to go back to world level soon, but this is the route I've got to take. So you know, let's stay focused on this route and let's grind it out and let's make sure I'm successful so that I can get back to that route. Like, I don't want to be, oh, I, I can't be asked to get off because I want that. Because if I slip, that's gone. Mm. So this, this, that's motivation in itself. Like this is what I need to do to get back. Then let's do it. So that's 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 how I'm about. That's how. There's I am. a lot of noise being made on 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 social media. Boxers promoting themselves. You yeah. know, we saw last weekend. You know, we were covering the Saudi Arabia event with Jake yeah. Paul and Tommy Fury. Look at that! It's the, the the richest cruiserweight yeah. eight round novice fight in history. Yeah, um, seven hundred and seventy five thousand <laughs> pay per view well. buys. So. Um, is there any way, you know, obviously you're with Frank Warren in Queensbury. It's a great platform to be on. How do you get yourself into the mix with the winner of Liam Smith and Chris Eubank or into the mix with the Billy Joe Saunders or mm -hmm. who, who's looking for an opponent to come back? Or how do you... How do you project yourself? Because you're not someone that goes that you know you're a very proud man, yeah. you know, a very hard man. Yeah. But you're you're not necessarily out there selling yourself. When you see all this at the moment, I'm you know what I mean by selling yeah, of yourself. Course, I know, yeah. We're being told all the time, you know, boxing needs to learn from all these moves that are going on. Boxers need to learn. D does it go through your mind that you need mm. to? or have to start promoting yourself in that way, showing aspects of your life um, to promote yourself? I get this all the time, but not really. I don't feel obliged to do that. I just feel like 
I, I, I can live my life the way I want to live it. All I want to do is be a boxer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, we have a promoter. That's their job to promote us. Do you and, feel? Do you feel that that's enough though in the day, the modern world that we live in, to be a great boxer? Where that used to be enough, like back in the nineties when I was boxing, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. like you delivered in the ring, and that was that was good enough to take you where you needed to go. But no, it seems like we're moving into a world now with this YouTube stuff all coming in, and all that. we're just move, moving into a world where. Self promotion is really important. No, it is. It is, and if if that's how people want to live and handle their career, that is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But I don't want to be famous or known for anything other than my boxing. I'm mm. not. I'm not here. I don't. I'm I not understand. really about the celebrity life. I don't really want to be stopped. And hey, hey. I mean, if you appreciate from my boxing, I I'll, I'll appreciate the love. I'll take it, and and you know what I'm saying. I'll I'll appreciate you. But I'm not one of them guys that want to be seen and be like, oh, that's the guy that done this, or that's the guy that done that. Oh, he mm. went viral for this. Listen, I just want to be a boxer. Let me box, please, and nice. let me go home. That's it. That's nice. me. But all these other things I'll do, talking to you guys about boxing, um, presenting on BT Sports, great opportunities. I'll do that any day. But to try and sell myself just to, you know, put myself on a platform to earn more money, I I just don't see the need in that. What do you... Do, nice. Are you... Yeah, it is. It, it is. is. It's very refreshing. refreshing. Yeah. It is very refreshing. Um, what is... Is you... Is there a, an aspect of um, what... YouTubers are doing, influencers are doing that that grates with you at all. Then, or what's your view on them coming into it and blurring the lines? I mean, that we saw the antics at Misfits. There's a yeah. tag team event I tonight. Don't know what I think about, in Telford. Way, that, no, let me, I, let me I, just ask Denzel. Yeah. I know, I know yeah, yeah, what your sure. view on, on it is very strong. I just want to know Denzel's view on about tag team boxing or fighting two opponents in a night like KSI did the other day. What's your view as a purer boxer? I think the only thing I have a problem with is the tag team boxing. I think mm-hmm. that could end up being a bit too dangerous. But everything else is just theatrics. They're doing it for their crowd and their fan. I think the mo- the minute the boxing media and the boxing world take too much interest in it, that's when it spoils it for everyone mm-hmm. else. KSI and Jake Paul and whoever didn't get into boxing thinking they're going to take boxing fans. They've done mm-hmm. it for their YouTube fans and whoever it is that follows them. Entertainment, basically. Yeah, it's entertainment. entertainment. It's that's entertainment. what it is. And you, if you take it for what it is... Yeah, right. that, that, exactly. But when you take it for more than that, and then you start thinking you can, like when Jake Paul's saying he can fight Canelo, he doesn't in a million years think he can beat Canelo, but it, it, it makes noise. He knows how to make noise. and It gets numbers. It gets numbers. And KSI's fighting two guys in one night. One guy never had a fight before. He gave him two weeks' notice, and the other guy, he looked useless. I don't know what he's done in his career. So it's just for yeah, it's just for his fans to kind of scream and roar and be like, oh, mm, we KSI done this. We were there. I was the there broadcast. too. It was a, it yeah. was a great I, show. I, yeah, it was a great But there you go. It, <laughs> it was, was a great show. Entertaining. Entertaining. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I ran past you at one point. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was saying, there's Denzel, I want him on. Yeah. Yeah. Running, he's running, yeah, he's running past. You go, there's Denzel, there's the British champion, I want him on, but I've got to get this YouTuber. Yeah. 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 We've got to get Kano. It's even good to see them faces there, as like wow. in the boxing event, but yeah. But no, you know what? Like, when we was out in Saudi, like the interest from the boxers alone, like, you know, with Devin Haney, and Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, and all the big names that were out there, and it is like, you know, they take it for what it is. And it's the entertainment exactly. world that we're in. That's and it's a it changing is. of the times. And we understand that. Do you want to be a boxer? Do you want to go down that route? But listen, I think it can only be beneficial. I'm a fan of YouTube boxing because I do think it's beneficial. You started it. Yeah, that's right. Do you remember you started it with those influences at the beginning of White Collar Boxing? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Joe Weller and all those. Yeah, Joe Weller. Trouble is, yeah, I started it when there was no coin in it, mate. But the funny thing is, look... 
Um, would boxing be bigger without it? I'm, I'm not sure boxing would be bigger, but I just think that's why it's fascinating that you both have a very strong view on this tag team boxing. It, yeah. it, it, I want to know why, before we go to the break, why you've both got very strong views on that. Spence? Yeah. Go on, sorry. You weren't listening, but... I was, no, no, it's okay. I turned my why mic off. You, I turned no, my no, mic apologies. off by mistake and I was panicking. What, what, why <laughs> yeah, go on, why have you got very strong views about... You're both former... Bo yeah. You're a former boxer, yeah. you know. Um, I want to know why you've got very strong views about tag team boxing. Yeah, I've got very... Because same reason as Denzel, and I know that he'll... He, like, he's just... He just give you a little bit of it. But basically, tag team boxing is dangerous, mate. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's dangerous, right? And I just don't... Let's not let's not confuse it too much, you know. The YouTube world has come in now, and we know the top quality, the top three of them, like say Jake Paul, Logan Paul, KSI. Take them three aside, and the and the standard's quite low, you know. And with boxing, it's a contact it's celebrity sport. white it's a, collar it, boxing. Yeah, it's a isn't contact it? sport, but you, you know you've got to do the training to get the body conditioned. Listen, I'm living proof that this this game can be dangerous, yeah. very dangerous. Remind and us, it can take remind lives. us, it can take lives. You know, back in when I was defending my European title, I got against Sergei Devakov. Yeah, May 1998. I a blood clot to the right side of my brain, claps, went into a coma for two weeks, had to learn to walk and talk and, and rebuild my life, basically. You know, and that's a difficult no, thing I to do. Now I can't shut you up. That's a difficult... Yeah, I yeah, know, they left the spanner in, I'm saying. It's like, I've got, I've got better. But they've left, they've left something You're in there, mate. You're much better now than when before, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. But, no, but what I'm saying is, it is dangerous, so there's got to be a certain... You know, it, 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 there's, there's got to be a certain standard for me to Correct. be doing that. And now, sa you, safety. I can safety. guarantee this. Yeah. It's tag team boxing, right? And, I, and I've not seen it yet, but I can guarantee this, the standard will be very poor. Yeah. The standard will be very poor, and that's dangerous to me. Yeah. Because you know what you get? When you two donkeys make a great derby, right? So what I'm saying is, that, that my point I'm making is, if they're not very good, means that they're going to be getting hit a lot because they don't yeah. know how to defend themselves, they don't know how to cover up. Now, that is dangerous in, in the sport that we're in, you know, with the smaller gloves and all that. So... You know, I do, I do. It does concern me. The tag, I, I like the YouTube boxing. I think it's great to get new eyeballs on the sport for people like Denzel and stuff like that. And I think that it'll bigger build a bigger fan base. But when you get tag team boxing and you start taking it there, for me, it's a little a step too far. And I just think entertainment is that going to be yeah. entertainment? I'm not sure it is. Mm -hmm. You I know, mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, like for like the general public, there's I don't know why, but there's always entertainment in seeing two guys that don't know how to fight fight. You watch two guys outside the It makes a great fight. Yeah, exactly. But fight, fight, fight in the playground. Everyone forms a circle. Yeah, and, yeah, and you see them watch. and everyone's thinking around and it's like, ooh. Yeah. And and it's like watching Gareth in the ring against someone else. And there was Jeopardy there last weekend, wasn't there? Tommy Fury. There was Jeopardy. There was real Jeopardy. You could see it. There was a nervousness. Tommy Fury expressed his relief afterwards. After the fight, yeah. But I think... I'm sure you both agree as we go to break that the thing is it's about keeping the respect levels for the sport and knowing no, what, what we're looking at. Yeah, no, most definitely. And with the tag team, say just quickly, I think yes. that just in this scenario, let's just say there's two fighters in there and they are, they're going, they're going for it. They're going for it. They're not well conditioned. Mm -hmm. They're swinging their, their lives out away and they're going for it. They're exhausted. One manages to tag team the other. The other one's fresh and just comes and beats up on the one that's the There you go. That's kind of crazy. Like, yeah. what's he going to... And they said you can't tag team unless there's a pause. He's going to get battered. That, that could yeah. cause loads of injuries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. you just got a fresh guy coming in just trying to batter someone that's not conditioned. I mean, we do it in sparring. Yeah, like, of fresh, But we're conditioned. You know what I'm saying? We know what we're doing. We're, we're schooled. These guys ain't. So the, the fresh guy is just going to come and just start swinging shots and...
We had so much fun with Mr. Bentley that we decided to ask him to stay for another section, a section in which we were discussing the current career of Anthony Joshua. Things like, why are the fans not, not buying the tickets for a sellout O2 Arena on April the 1st? Is Anthony Joshua having gone to America, too invisible at the moment. Do we need to see more of him? How can he resurrect his career? Can he be a hero again for the British nation? All that and more. It's had to change. I think his way, you know, has come to an end. It's no longer working for him. So he does need change. And I, th I think the problem with Anthony Joshua before was he looked to his coaches a bit too much for information or, you know, for what to do. Whereas sometimes as a fighter, it needs to be within. You need to figure things out for yourself. So I think if he starts to take that approach, I think he will, he will start to come on strongly. And I think with the help of um, Derek James, is it? Yeah, Derek yeah. James, I think he'll be able to in, in, instill that in him. He's definitely happy there with Derek James. Yeah. I mean, we met Derek James and Anthony a few weeks ago, didn't we? Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a great uh, unity between the two men. But outside just the boxing, um, there's, there's a feeling that Anthony's a little bit invisible with the public, with 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 training camps, even with the media, we don't get to see him yeah. very much. Well, this is what me You're on the famous WhatsApp group. <laughs> Mate, I am. <laughs> I, I didn't put it on the WhatsApp group, by the way, today. I went, I went personal, <laughs> I went direct, because I wanted to get Joshua on tonight. Have we got him? No, we haven't. Well, there you go. Nah. Yeah, no, but this is the point. This is where I'm going to get to. And like me and Denzel, we were just talking about this. You know, it's about self-promotion these days. And with Anthony Joshua... His story was an inspirational one, like yourself. And like so I said, just listen, people won't know your story and your backstory. I only learnt it today and I'm involved in the sport, <laughs> as in I knew who you was and how good a fighter you was, but I didn't know the backstory. And when I watched the backstory, I got invested straight away. And yeah. I think that's what happened with Anthony Joshua. His story was an incredible one. Walked in the gym as a 19-year-old. You know, he's he had, he had Nasbo against him in Watford. He was living a life of crime yeah. and drinking and smoking, all of that. And boxing turned his life around and other kids looked at him and went and it inspired people. It inspired millions of kids right across the country, across the world really. You know, and he had the London Olympics as well. Absolutely. The London Olympics oh, yeah, where he won yeah. the gold, which yeah. created a springboard, a which, trampoline for him. Yeah. But that's what is that, eleven years yeah. ago now? But but what I'm saying is so it it was he was self-promoted because people got the story, they knew the story, the adverts they'd done on him and everything, and people were invested. And then he went from he went he become a you know, a national hero, you know, a, a national sweetheart. Everyone yeah. loved him because the way he turned his life around, you know, through boxing and become a world heavyweight champion. But now, like you say, you know, the journey's been a long one and it's sort of gone a little bit now. And it is about, we live in a world where, you, like, Anthony Joshua's gone silent. You know, you need to start putting yourself out there a little bit but and start creating the interest again to get, you know, to get people back on... That's true, but... Like Joshua that, train. I think that, that's the reason why. Because when he first came through with the story and winning the Olympics in London and being a national hero, mm. everyone loved AJ. He was, yeah. he, he was he was the hero. And then as soon as, he, you know, he, he had a little hiccup and he lost, everyone turned their back on him. Mm. And it's AJ's being fake and AJ's not as good as we thought and he's not really the man and Tyson Fury's the man. And I feel like he feels like the public and the media have turned their, their yeah, back sure. on him. Yeah, sure. So now sure. He's, turned, he's turned his yeah. back, back on them. Yeah. That's, that's how I, that's yeah. what I think. Maybe that, that it's, it's six years ago since he fought Klitschko, which was a massive event at yeah, Wembley Stadium. And, and before, obviously, Carl Froch and George Groves had a massive fight at Wembley just before that in 2000, what is it, 14 now? Yeah. But 2017, the fight against Vladimir Klitschko for Anthony Joshua, I think projected him even, even more more enormously into the nation's mm. hearts. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem, though, I think after that was 
the, the we thought we were going to get a fight with him and Tyson Fury. Yeah. It didn't materialise. We thought we were going to get a fight last year with him and Tyson Fury. There's a feeling he's being protected in some ways. Mm -hmm. The two defeats to Alexander Usyk, the first one he he didn't turn up on the night at Spurs. The last one that we were at working and commentating on mm -hmm. last August in Saudi Arabia. He just fell in the last few rounds in that fight. Mm -hmm. He was so close. Yeah. And, he, and the boxing skills yeah. outdid him in those last two rounds. But I, I feel like he needs something. And he, he needs something big. And really? I think he, he, he just needs the optics of showing his back mm. to being that destroyer, that big yeah. lump, that big destroyer yeah. that, that licks his lips and goes up into battle. Yeah. He needs to you find know? that rawness that he once had that took him to the World Heavyweight title. That's what he needs to find that. And I think Derek James may be the guy that will be able to bring it out of him because Derek James is a guy that likes people to stand there and trade it out yeah. a little bit. And, all that. and that Joshua needs to reinstall a little Change bit of that, strategy. A bit of that Change confidence. Change public, yeah. public strategy but, in terms of... Of being out there for us, more. sure, because I think he's a he can rise again. He can, like, he I can. think he can. Like, you know, there, he wants, he wants, you know, he wants those big fights, by the way. He wanted the Fury fight, it's not him. He wanted those yeah, fights. Yeah, I don't think it's him either. It's not him. Like, I'll team. tell you, he yeah. would take it tomorrow. Jo uh, Joshua's one of those fighters. He goes, you know what? It's, it's the fight game, yeah. you know? And he'll get in there and we entertain him. That's what I, he wants. I, I think like, he's not being sold to that. I think until Deontay Wilder won his case in the court of um, the, in the law courts in, in America, I think the, fu the Fury-Joshua fight was on. The two fights were on. Oh, Saudi yeah, yeah, Arabia. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. they were on. There's the no arbitration thing. Yeah. The arbitration. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. But, you know... There's there's only certain amount of space in the sporting landscape for the for the biggest names, and I think he needs to fight for that space mm -hmm. a little bit, even with his PR team, even with his he with does. his with his with his management group to get him out there. Look, I, I really do think he's two knockouts away from being right up there again. I, I'd love to see him in with we all would with Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder um, Dillian White again Joe Joyce oh, they're 100%. all massive fights do you know so what though it's all about legacy yeah. and they all have to fight each other to, to get their own legacy to Definitely. be the best of the modern era because if not, like, so if Tyson Fury doesn't but Deontay Wilder doesn't box AJ yeah. then they've missed the, they've missed, missed that legacy thing you know? yeah. and, it, and, and that will go down in history and you'll go well the fights were never <clears> made I think and we've only got a small pool of top heavyweights up there at the moment where they can all fight two yep. or three times. I think Joshua does recognise that. He wants those fights. Let's hope we get them and politics don't get in the way. Before we have to say goodbye, Denzel, um, let me ask you about Joe Joyce. You're obviously on the card with him yes. on... Um, on April the 15th, isn't it? Yep. I keep getting there. April the 15th, Copper <laughs> Box um, against Kieran Smith. Um, how big can Joe Joyce become and do you think he'll become a world champion? Oh, 100%. 100%. The guy's scary. Like, he's a real-life juggernaut. Like, anyone that plays Call of Duty, when you're trying to shoot a juggernaut, <laughs> you run out of bullets, you've got to go back round and reload and come back. And that is Joe Joyce. Like, mm -hmm. he's... he's he, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. He looks stiff, he looks slow, but he's very effective. Mm. He hits you yeah. with a shot. He's got an incredible chin as well. Incredible it? chin, incredible and engine. engine. Yeah. Wow. Like, he's, and he's 36. I mean, he's, and he's 36. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. He's, he's aging is, like wine. Really you know what I mean? He stocks, yeah. he stocks rows against um, Joseph Parker. Yeah, and look at it and you go, wow, he proves that actually there's better boxing IQ than actually looks there. He's, yeah. you know, he's, he's educated in that ring as well. And I think he's the only person that really gives Fury a hard time. Mm. He could beat Fury. Yeah. 
If if anyone can, I think Joe Joyce could. What about Zilly Zhang? He's heavy-handed, man. Zilly oh, Zhang. That's another one. The bang with Zhang. The bang with Zhang. It's gonna be. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be crazy. He's a big six foot six guy, Southport. So he's already the other way around. So let's see how Joe Joyce handles it. But I think they're just both gonna be eating shots all night and. Yeah, it's just it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a good fight. It's gonna be a good night. I'm happy I'm on that card, so I get to watch that fight front row. <laughs> Denzil, tell me this one: How does he beat Fury? How would you see him winning that? George Joyce? Yeah, just that pressure, that relentless pressure. I don't think there's anything Fury that can do that's gonna bother um, Joe Joyce like power wise. He's mm. not gonna lean on him. Joe Joyce is big enough to chuck him off. He's not gonna try and knock him out. We've seen Joe Joyce take shots from big punches. I think the only thing Fury can do is that boxing, which he can do. Side Fury's step, a great boxer. Jab, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jab, step, move, move all tie night. Him up. Yeah. Which but is he's crazy the one that can, can give Fury the most trouble. Yes. So I'm with you on that one. I think that, like, stylistically, that's the one that could give Fury problems. Yeah. The juggernaut don't stop, man. He doesn't stop. He so he's going to have to box and flick around like what he used to do and go back to that style to beat him. He's not going to meet him head on and try and beat him like he beat Wilder the third time. No way. Because. So Joyce ain't going to stop coming, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Well, just to final, tell us you're defending your British middleweight title on the yep. same card against Kieran Smith. Yep. What are you going to do to him? Oh, I might do a Joe Joyce on him. <laughs> no, I'm saying, but I'm in there. I think anyone I go in there, I think I have the ability to stop. So that's what I'd be looking for. I'd be looking for a stoppage and that's no disrespect to him. He's a good fighter. He's going to be awkward. He's coming there to try his best, but so am I. So we caught up with a couple of cruiserweights next. Badu Jack, the new WBC cruiserweight champion, and Lawrence Sicoli, the current WBO cruiserweight champion. Badu Jack talked to us about how delighted he was to become the oldest cruiserweight champion of the world at 39. And then Lawrence Sicoli replied on his views on the other cruiserweights. Well, I've got to ask you about your aspirations now. Like you say, three-weight divisions. It must be a lot easier on the body not having to uh, cut all that weight. You're a big guy anyway. Um, yeah. What, I mean, I never knew how you used to squeeze into 12 stone, to be honest. Uh, 168 pounds. That was, I mean, because you you are genuinely, a, a bit, you have a big physique. The, the, 
The difficulty yeah. now is, is there a question about defending your title? You've got these young up-and-comers, Richard Riakpour, um, Lawrence Ocoli over here. They're, they're all looking at you. Is there a chance you can fight one of the Brits? Anything is possible. To be honest, the only guy I know of these guys is Lawrence Ocoli. We train in the same gym in Dubai. Uh, well, yeah, the, the other guys, I don't even, I never seen none of them fight. But yeah, we're going to have a lot of options right now. And, uh, you know, I did whatever, uh, I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish uh, in the sport. So now we're looking for the big names, the big fights. So I have a lot of options. I'm very happy. So we're going to, I'm going to sit down with my team after, uh, you know, my vacation. And uh, we're looking to get the biggest fight out there, the biggest money fight, the biggest name yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. And are you looking to fight in the Middle East still, or would you come to the UK to fight? What's the options for you? I mean, I'm I, I'm the king now, so hopefully here in the Middle East. Like this is my uh, uh, this is my home now. So yeah, we we always cho was chasing all the other champions and stuff. Now now I'm the champ. So yeah, if they want something, they gotta come see me. But yeah, like I said, we have a lot of options, and uh, let's see, let's see who brings the most money and who got the biggest name. This summer, are you likely to be out next? Do you think? Uh, yes, yeah, summer would be a perfect. Uh, maybe like August, September, July, maybe. Yeah. What a journey, though, because a lot of people don't know you've come from Sweden to the United yeah. States to the Middle East. It's been yeah. it's been a long journey, hasn't it? Definitely. You know, I've been, like I said, I've been robbed a couple of times. I should have uh, be a six-time, or if you count the ring magazine, I should have been like a seven-time world champion. But everything happens for a reason and uh, for this moment. So now we're here and um, I'm happy. It's all part of God's plan. He is 39 and, you know, he did well to, you know, I mean, listen, he's had a great career today, you know, four-weight world champion, I guess, what I've been hearing. I see him in the gym. He's all right. Lawrence, I think we, we lost you there, just as you were saying uh, when Badu comes up against... Were you saying the, the bigger cruiserweights, he may struggle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he'll struggle against, you know, the big cruiserweights. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. We can. We, we're, you're back. You're oh, back. Okay. Sorry, yeah, that was, that was hilarious. Um, yeah, no, of course he would. I do, at the end of the day, he's 39. He's come up through all these weight classes. He's had an amazing career. And, you know, the, the problem is, as soon as someone comes up to cruiserweight and says they're world champion, I, I, just, I, I, I want to feel it. However, you know, you can always tell someone's intentions by how they answer questions. And when the answer is, I want the biggest fights. You know what they're looking for, the the, the big paydays. Um, wait around for Canelo, wait around for, you know, Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. So I don't really see that fight happening, not because I don't want it. It's, I think it would be a pretty straightforward um, fight for me. Um, but, you know, um, it's not one I'm going to chase because it's like, I, you know, you know when someone doesn't want to fight you, I felt it throughout my career loads of times. So I know it's, it's just wasted energy. But, you know, I will see him in the gym. And uh, he's going to be put under a lot of peer pressure to make it happen. But they've already got their answer ready. Oh, it's not a big enough. I, I, I already know where it's going to go. Yeah, all good. 
Is that, is that why you're laughing at his at, at him that he doesn't want to be in a ring with you then? Do you think he's going to avoid you? Of course he is. I would. If I was 39 years old, coming up through the weight classes, why would I box a, a strong 30-year-old, you know, who's naturally at the weight, if not could even be the weight above? Um, it, 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 don't, it don't make sense unless it made financial sense, I guess. You know, there's... But I guess any any good cruiserweight, I think, will give him a lot of problems because mm. I know Okabu is a good cruiserweight in theory, but he looks very unprepared for the fight. It just... Uh, long story short, you know, I, I, like I don't want to sit here and badmouth, badmouth him, but if he wants to fight, we can make it happen. And if not, you know, good luck to him. I mean, Lawrence, there is a lot of big fights brewing for you out there now. The cruiserweight divisions all of a sudden become very sexy, isn't it? With a lot of talent coming through, with the champions that are there at the moment as well. And we saw a little bit of pushing and shoving at Creed Free <laughs> with you and Richard Reactpour. Reactpour obviously has worked his way up the ranks. I mean. What a great fight that would be. Would it be a case of Reactpour having to go and win a world title first and get the unification, or would you open the doors to that opportunity as well? Yeah, like, the door's been open. Um, it doesn't have to be a unification and all that all that kind of stuff, you know. It's hard enough for me to unify with these guys, let alone him getting a title shot. As we can all see, he's a six-foot-five, you know, clever boxer with good punching power. People aren't just going to hand him the opportunity However, my door's always open. And, um, yeah, we can dance, man. Tell us about that uh, that little dance you had at Creed 3. Um, some people are saying it was staged to promote a fight between you. Uh, it looks like there genuinely was a little bit of heat between you. Well, at the end of the day, like, just I look back and I see my fight with um, Isaac. He's in the ring, clapping along Isaac. The guy's not my friend, you know. Um, Twitter for years, come, oh, I'll, give me six weeks, I'll beat Lawrence. Like, just the whole time attaching his name to mine. And now he's got to a position where he, it's actually, like, warranted, you know. He's ranked maybe top three in every governing body, so on and so forth. And the bottom line is, for me, like, I'm a world champion. I'm, I'm doing okay for myself. And I've taken a lot of risks early. And to be fair, Richard might not, I admit it, but I've been a massive motivation for him. Him and all of the cruiserweights going right now in Britain, you know, before I took the step up to British, none of them were fighting for titles. Until I did the Commonwealth, none of them were. European, world title, now all of them believe they can because they've seen me do it. I can do it too. So it's like, you can sit here and pretend to be, hate me and this, that and other, but really and truly, I think Richard really badly wants to be me and be in my position, but... You know, he's going to have to actually fight me to, 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 to dream of that, not talk about it. What we must talk about, Lawrence, is uh, March 25th, you do have a defence of your WBO Cruiserweight title against David Light in Manchester. We're looking forward very much to that. Where are you right now in terms, as you say, you're, you're on the east coast of America in the, in the warm lands. Uh, where are you with camp and when are you coming back and how's it going? And tell us about your opponent and what you know about him. Yeah, he's good. Um, you know, he's got a, a confident coach, confident team. You know, he's undefeated, beating a few undefeated fighters. He's got quick hands. You know, he won a Commonwealth silver medal, so he's got good boxing pedigree. Um, I think he leans a bit too forward with his jabs. Um, however, the positives are, you know, he's in a common of good work rate, <clears throat> good belief. And he's, he, he, he seems like he's up for just having a good fight. Of course, he wants to win the world title, but the hard, like, hardest people to do with it, but I've got nothing to lose. So, 
it's going to be interesting. Um, camp's gone well so far. You know, I've been training for a long, long time. You know, sparring um, top top level guys as we've seen in my camp now. I've got to BT in here. Had Brandon Glanton. You know, a few rounds with Baby Miller, Adelaide. You know, I've just been I've been really in the gym sparring. You know, because I've been out the ring for a while, so you kind of want to feel what it's like to be in the ring under under proper pressure from real real good fighters. So that's good. Um, Sugar, he's getting more complimentary. I don't know if that's part of his. Um, training style because he's very like he wants this wants this all of a sudden now lately he's been like good Lawrence but I don't know if it's because we're getting closer to the fight he's I don't know maybe I'm doing better um but we'll have to wait he's an unusual guy do you get on very well with him I do I do um I do yeah I do get on with him very well um there's no no extra stuff just loves (laughs) boxing loves these fighters um and he, he's about camaraderie, you know. We'll go out and get something to eat and just talk boxing, you know. And then I'll come back and spar better the next day because we've spoken about stuff that he wants me to do, what he thinks I did well, what I didn't do well. And um, I, I, I do like it. I, I'm just hoping that over the next few fights, I'm able to really show what we've been working on and, and sort of, you know, um, put put the sort of crunks, the yeah. crunks style yeah. in, uh, flavor on and... Um, yeah, man, I'm, 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 I, like, I, not, not that I'm scared of disappointing, but you know, I really want to put on a show for, 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 for him and, and the boys. Well, it's been a back and forth. It was to have been the night that Catterall and Taylor, Josh Taylor and Jack Catterall, were to meet in Glasgow. The cancel fight, the plantar fascia injury that Josh Taylor uh, had and the fight off. Um, We had a lot of back and forth, not nice stuff between Taylor and Catterall. He said, she said, they are definitely at loggerheads. They are not meeting anytime soon. They've gone their separate ways. Josh Taylor, uh, we understand, will fight Tiafimo Lopez in June. But Jack Catterall could have a world title coming up imminently. He wasn't spilling the beans, but he told us this. I won't be fighting on March the 25th. I did see the poster that come up from from Sky and Boxer, uh, something that we've discussed internally, and I can probably say we're currently negotiating another fight that's going to take place uh, in the next couple of months, and hopefully, I think we're close to an announcement soon. And could it be? Are we? If I if I say you don't have to say anything. If you're silent, it means I'm fairly right. So if I do jeopardy with you, it could well be a world title fight. It could well be one of the main sanctioning bodies. It could well be someone we've seen fight in the UK before. Certainly, it's an exciting fight <laughs> that's ongoing, and uh, I hope that we can get it tied up and announced soon. So it's, but it's definitely not Josh Taylor. But listen, listen to this for a moment. Josh Taylor was on with White and Jordan and Spencer Oliver earlier this week, and he responded to you saying he got that an he's ass whooping off Simon Jordan. <laughs> well, he, here's what he said that he was running scared. Oh, really? It's ridiculous, man. He's, I mean, the guy's not the fizziest juice in the fridge, is he? He's, a, he's no very intelligent, Jack. First of all, I don't know why he wants me. Oh, he always, always seems to me. What seems to want to fight me when I'm not at my best for some reason. You know, you can't help getting an injury. So I don't know why he wants me to fight on an injury that he knows when I'm at my best he won't be able to beat me. So sure. yeah, it's it's just it's 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 completely absurd that I don't want to fight the guy. I vacated the belts. I stayed out of the way. Vacated all my belts to fight him. 
and I left with the WBO and I thought, right, let's go. And then I, then I get an injury. Right, I'm going to ask you straight. Two two prong question. Do you think you and he will actually get in the ring together eventually? And do you actually think that he's avoided you in this scenario? Yes and no. I do think we'll get in the ring at some point down the line. I think that fight's probably always going to be there. Uh, he's always refer- referred to me as uh, being quite thick I've done, which is way off because mm-hmm. he's the most contradicting person I've ever met. But <clears throat> go on, go. What was your second question again? Well, the the second question is, do you think that he has avoided you in this scenario or do you, you know, I mean, he has an injury. Is, is it just a confluence of you guys need to get on with your careers and it hasn't worked for now? Have you accepted that or do you think he is avoiding you? You know what? I don't think, I mean, Josh has been in with the top fighters. Uh, let's make no mistake. He's been and cleaned up the division, but I think <clears throat> obviously he's not scared of fighting me as fighters. We're not scared of fighting each other. But for me, I think he realises if he, if he revisits fighting me straight away and gets beat, he's, he's in a big problem. Mm. So it's probably sensible mm. to, to go through some other fights first and see where he ends up at. I mean, he's talking about he's talking about boxing over in the States and Tiafimo Lopez looks like the likely candidate. That could happen in, say, let's say June sort of time. That's back down at 140. Now, I'm not sure... I did ask him this question on Thursday as well, actually, and I asked him how difficult it was to make 140, and could that be the reason he keeps picking up these injuries because he's putting his body under so much stress? I'm not sure that he makes that 140 again, and if he does, I think it's imminent that he's going to move up to 147, even if that is after Tiafimo Lopez or whatever. I suppose where I'm going with this, Jack, is if he moves up to 147, would you still then step up and box him at that way, or does it have to be at one forty? Because he did say he's he did say he's going to revisit boxing you after Tiafimo Lopez. He, he said categorically on there. Then we go Jack Catchall because you deserve that, mate. You really do. Yeah, you know what? We have to take everything he says with a pinch of salt. Uh, even before we first boxed, it was this was his last fight at one forty, and he was going straight up. Uh, the fact that he's saying I only want to fight him when he's injured and ill, ill, but. For the last two years, uh, I'm sure he made excuses before the first fight that he was didn't have the greatest camp, couldn't get the fire in the belly, picked up injuries and illnesses. Well, that's been 18 months now uh, since before the first fight. Uh, <clears throat> over the last year, you've had injuries and illnesses. So I don't think, I don't know, maybe you're right. Maybe the weight is killing him. Uh, we filmed the gloves are off. I seen him then. He looked drawn, overtrained. Uh, if he's not getting the right nutrients, his body's breaking down and he can't get through his training camps. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he said it. He was only staying at 140 to fight me, miraculously. He's got another fight at 140. So, again, he's going against his word. Uh, but that fight between me and Josh, and I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, uh, I'd be happy to fight Josh without a world title. It's still a big enough fight. And at 147, Jack. And at 147. And at one four seven, I read yeah. a catch weight. Mm, Definitely. Mm, mm. Mm. Um, look, we, we believe we know who you may be facing next. I know that there's been um, intimations with the WBC champion that there's been offers for you to fight an eliminator for the IBF title. The great thing for you is you're at the top of the tree and you've got opportunities at the top of the tree. I presume. Yeah, I'm grateful. I'm in a good position. Uh, I've got a great team. I've been in the gym. I've been training. 
uh, and it's just been unfortunate this last year uh, we was strung along by Josh and top rank and his team we almost had the fight uh, a couple of times and then it's been pulled from under us so just got to be thankful now that I'm in a good position and there is some big fights to be made for me I mean, how frustrating has it been for you, Jack, over the last year with, you know, this fight being on, then off again and all that? And how difficult has it been for you to stay motivated through that time? It's been difficult. Uh, you'll know as, as well as I do how many sacrifices are made. Uh, from late last summer, the fight was looming, October, November, December. So you kind of put everything on pause. Uh, you're missing birthdays, celebrations, Christmas, New Year. And then... Uh, we were, I think we were six weeks away from the fight. Uh, the date got pulled. So it's been frustrating, but like I said, I've kept myself together, kept on it, uh, been in the gym, and I know that these opportunities will come. Well, finally this week, we caught up with two brilliant women boxers, Chantelle Cameron, the undisputed 140-pound champion, who is fully pursuing a fight with Katie Taylor in the wake of the injury to Amanda Serrano. That could be in May. And we spoke to Michaela Meyer, who's fighting over here on the Joe Joyce Zhili Zhang undercard on April the 15th. Here's what these two brilliant women boxers had to tell me. It's 24 hours this fight can be made. It's that simple. Um... I kind of had offers of like before before what was put out. Um, last couple of weeks, I was uh, having offers to fight in September, so it was already like getting things moving. But for later on in the year, and I agreed to everything there. So for May, it's exactly the same. It's straightforward. I've agreed to what there was going to offer for September. So I, I can't see why the, why it's not moving forward now. Like I'm I'm ready to sign. Katie clearly wants to fight me. So, and Katie deserves a homecoming. What she's done for women's boxing and all of us, we, none, none of us would be in the position we're in if it wasn't for Katie and Clarissa. And she does, does deserve a homecoming against me, against whoever, but she deserves it. And then today, she wants to fight me and I'm willing to fight her. Then there's, there's, let's, let's make it happen. So just to clarify, initially you were going to fight her in September. There was talks, yeah, but nothing was concrete. Start boxing, talking, talking's cheap. Like, talking doesn't mean anything. So I was kind of saying, well, I want it written down so that I know that I know it's going to happen. If it's written down, it's going to feel a bit more concrete. And then um, out of the blue, Thursday, Katie done that Instagram, and I was kind of like, well, Katie clearly wants it. So what's going on? So behind the scenes, the teams haven't actually begun talking yet it's just been a public pronouncement that you both like to fight each other in may no so i got straight onto my team and was like look get on to this now because that's a massive statement what katie's done katie doesn't shout anyone out she doesn't need to shout anyone out she's i think she's one of the boxes that she doesn't need to post on social media she doesn't need to mouth us like she just goes about her business in living so the fact that she put something out there Clearly, must mean she's a bit frustrated with something. I don't know, but she clearly wants to fight as much as me. So I, I got shot onto my team and was like, "Make this happen." Do you feel you carry advantages into this fight, being you know from a weight division above, um, and your style against her that you can that you will want to take it to her, and that you can if you can draw Katie into uh, a battle that's when she's looked in the sense more vulnerable in some of her fights. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, Katie Taylor, she's a legend. 
she's a great fighter, a great boxer. Um, it's, it's always going to be a tough fight. I'm not going to say, ah, oh, yeah, it's an easy fight because I'd be lying. I'd be lying to myself. I'd be lying to everyone. It's a hard fight. It'll be the hardest test that I've ever had. Mm. But then as a fighter, what is the point? Trying to call myself an undisputed world champion, but not fighting the best. And Katie Taylor is the best. So if I want to leave boxing saying I, I beat the best, I challenged the best, then it's a fight I've got to take. But yeah, there's there's definitely, I'm, de I'm definitely confident for it that way. It's a really good challenge. Her only two losses are to Katie Taylor and Delphine Pursoon. Yep. You know, I want a Delphine Pursoon. I've, I keep saying that I want to continue to challenge myself against the best. There's no reason that I should have, even coming off a loss, that I should have any type of filler fight or you know, you know, stay busy, fight. Like, that's just not the type of career I want for myself. There's so many big fights for me out there. I'm in my prime and I want those big fights to happen now. And so I know that I'm not going to get those world title shots again if I don't continue to challenge myself and, and get big wins. And Leonardo too is is definitely a, a test and a step up. And um, I got to get through her and prove that I'm still the best. That's what I want to prove. That's what I want to prove this year, that I'm still the best. Get that fight against Katie Taylor. You know, she's the champ at 135, and I'm at 135 now. Uh, and that's the goal. Whatever division I'm in, the goal is the champion. When you fight at 135, like you say, at the moment, there's talk over here in the last few days. Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor's fallen through. It looks like the next fight for Katie Taylor, maybe Chantel Cameron. That's a British audience fight. Obviously, mm -hmm. Ireland and the UK. Chantel Cameron is at 140, isn't she? Undisputed at the moment. Is that a fight that you project for Katie after Amanda Serrano, or do you just you need to win and then you just put yourself in the mix? Katie does seem booked for the next year. Um, but this is, it's so crazy, like, this sport. Things just keep happening, and you yeah. never really know what's going to happen. You know, now Serrano's injured, now Chantel's getting the shot, which I think she deserves. You know, she's been wanting that fight for a long time. She's undisputed. It makes sense. Um, but you just never know what's going to happen. And uh, luckily, I can go to multiple different weight classes and and take the opportunity once it's available to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, t tell me about getting ready now. Um, Joe Joyce is a brilliant character. He's an amazing guy, amazing fighter. His stock has risen enormously in the last year. We're looking forward to what we're calling the bang against Zhang, um, mm -hmm. against Yile Zhang, um, obviously on the same card. Um, are you getting any capoeira tips from Joe or not? We've only been in the gym together a couple times. You know, I wanted to be on this card and I had a choice. I, I could have stayed in America and fought on the, for the Coleman for OBC Ramirez yeah. against uh, dog Bay. And, you know, that's a, that's a big fight. It's a big card, but I just thought that this was going to be bigger and greater. And I did so much work going into the Baumgartner fight um, last year in London, did a ton of media both times, both times that I came out and I just wanted to continue that momentum and get back out there in front of mm -hmm. the, the UK fans. I thought this would be an awesome opportunity and an awesome card to be a part of. Um, Joe Joyce is obviously a really popular heavyweight out there. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to go in there and help him sell this fight. I want to sell it out and I want to steal some of his fans. I'm Gareth Davis. You've been listening to the Fight Night podcast for Talk Sport. We'll see you next time.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.